to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wigan and with me today is, hold on, I'm pulling a ball out of pot A here, <laughs> Logan Stump. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to discern which location as well. You got to pull from the other pot to see what location, yep, which way to be placed. It says to the right of me. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we figured that out. That was the most confusing thing to me. Like they would draw and then I'm like, all right, here comes the next draw. And then they're like placing them in each of the spots. And I'm like, yeah, oh, they have to place them. Um, Games. Yeah. And we have to do the red ball the first time because. That's what this was. This was the red ball because you're mm-hmm. always those. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had no choice but to pull Logan Stump <laughs> out of there. <laughs> How are oh. you today, Logan? Oh, I'm great, man. The Nations League draw over here on the right hand corner of my screen. I know you've got it on. Yes, that's why about. that's why I did this opening. Yep. Is that we're in the middle of we just did the World Cup draw. We've got the Nations League draw going on as we're recording. So uh I'm sure everybody will know what it is by the time this episode comes out, but we'll react live as we're going over some of these uh, MLS results. It's pretty fun though. Like, uh, I mean, two draws in a row. I mean, it feels like we're just a, a draw podcast. I mean, we're, we're just covering draw. Jordan, I think next we should just start covering draws. It doesn't matter whose country. It's just, let's just start covering them. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, we'll cover all sorts of draws. Yeah. Shoot Next, outs. we'll have like a drawing challenge. We'll yeah. do a draw. <laughs> Just do a whole bunch of draw stuff. Maybe drawers. Draw, we can talk yeah. drawers as well. I mean, <laughs> anything with those uh, D-R-A-W. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we're going to be talking some MLS action that just happened this weekend. Uh, uh, I, sorry, I did cut you off before, but where, where you, you said that you had your <laughs> draw open in the yeah. corner and then i kind of interrupted there i'm not sure if you were going to say anything else. no i'm good I, I think uh you and i are still living off the high of what is world cup coming and you and i uh yesterday if you haven't uh, been able to check out our youtube channel jordan did a nice thing over there a couple nice things that oh yeah i can talk about that so but no i'm i'm pumped man I'm, i've been listening to those uh on my way home and I've been listening to all the playlists, but if you want to kind of fill people in on what we're talking about, that's what. Yeah, uh, we got the idea from, I don't know what we did. Somebody, we, we were just talking about FIFA songs. TikTok, and yeah. 
Yeah, TikTok guy ranked 10 songs, mm-hmm. uh, top 10 FIFA songs. He was wrong on about seven of them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, I, I would like to, you know, I, I have a playlist of FIFA songs on my phone. And you suggested making a YouTube playlist of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, that'd be great. So I did it on the Stateside Soccer Show YouTube. And you can just listen. It's called Jordan's Top FIFA Songs. I put like the first five or six in order, actually, of like my favorite FIFA songs. And then I got lazy and just kind of put the rest up there. Um, but then what I also made, I was in the FIFA, uh, I was in the YouTube playlist mood and made a playlist mostly for myself. But if people are interested, it is soccer games Jordan has been to. And mm-hmm. it's highlights of games that I've been to there. I think there's about 32 games that I know for sure I was at. There's some I don't remember and don't have tickets of so um those are the ones i've for sure was at because i usually posted a picture of me at the game or you know something like that uh and i put them in chronological order so it starts off with my first ever soccer game that was not indoor because i've been to baltimore blast games but my first outdoor soccer game was actually mls cup 2007 uh, so got to see Taylor Twelman live play. Um, <clears throat> another thing I found out that was cool is that I went to a game with my friend Dave and we saw the Sounders at DC and I got to see Freddie Montero score a goal live. So he's one of my favorite players. So that was cool to recognize, but there's a lot of U S games there. There's a lots of, uh, union games on there and I'll be adding at least two more this season there because as everybody knows already i'm going to rsl uh in june but it looks like i might be going to the hudson river derby as a celebration for my 30th birthday that was last year that i couldn't celebrate by going to portland so i'm changing it to uh, going to the hudson river derby it's closer i don't have to worry about the cost and all that stuff right now so yeah i think we're gonna go uh, my dad and I might drive up there and see that at Red Bull Arena. So uh, that'll be two things. And I'm probably going to vlog about those. Probably going to record some video and stuff about my trip up and um, <clears throat> the game itself and what I think of the stadium and all that fun stuff. So be on the lookout for those. Yeah, and you'll be able to mark off a couple of World Cup games in 2026 when we go. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, you know, when so. we when we're covering it pitch side, um, yeah, because they've decided our content is so good. I'm kind of I'm sorry, I was distracted. I was watching like this Nations League. Yeah, the intro is cool. I, was like, I love the cool. trophy, by the way. I love the Nations yeah. League trophy. It looks great. Yeah. I really do enjoy it. And I like the names on the bottom of it, the rocks that come up out of it, almost like it's like, you know, we're over here on our own little island away from all the other continents. So it's. I don't know. I've always enjoyed it. I like their logo too, like the little spiral-looking sundial mm-hmm. thing. So I don't know. Look, looks pretty cool. So hey, that's a shiny dress or whatever she's wearing. Yep, some sort of dress or pantsuit. Yeah. Lindsay Casanelli. All right, but we're gonna. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that as it goes. Um, even though, again, you might already know, but uh, you know, live <laughs> reactions always fun too. You'll see our thoughts as we probably get a. What I would assume is a very easy draw <laughs> with some of these teams that are in the Nations League. All right. Uh, so we had this weekend, Chicago kicked everything off against Dallas with a nil-nil result. 
pretty good for Chicago. They're going to end up still be undefeated. So are the Union. Uh, but, yeah, they have nine points, which is a pretty good turnaround for Chicago to start off the season. Uh, any thoughts here on just Chicago as a whole uh, this early on? Yeah, I was reading Doyle's piece that he does. He does one every week where he just kind of fills in uh, different things that maybe we might have missed as fans or just the casual fans that are watching from a distance. And he had written uh, along the lines of the fact that their defense looks a lot better without Calvo. I mean, you she snooze. Uh, I think that's how you say that. Um, who's played extremely well since coming over. They kind of fit that back line formation. They kind of need still somebody kind of roaming that middle defensive mid, I, I think a little bit more so than uh, what they currently have, but I think they've played defense pretty well. And that's been something that Chicago has struggled with in the past. And, you know, when, when they've faltered, that's been some of the issues they've, they've let up too many goals in the back. They've leaked goals. Um, and so far, Jordan, they've only allowed one goal all season, which is absolutely insane. Um, and if they keep up this pace, it, it's, <laughs> it'll be historic. So, uh, yeah, I'm really liking where Chicago is. The, the biggest concern for me, obviously, is they still don't have like a, what, what appears to be that big finisher. And now they're down Shakiri because he did come off that match uh, dinged up. I don't think there was any kind of update with Shakiri. I know there was quite a bit of uh, injury news across the league that would kind of get into and unravel, um, including one in Orlando that is not great. But um, yeah, I mean, Chicago looking good, looking a lot better than last year. Um, and I'm kind of like the direction that they're going, Jordan. Uh, having Chabelle go up there who can be a, a finisher um, at times. So, yeah, I mean, I, it it's a good start. Uh, I guess we'll see where that uh, leads them later on. But um, And then kind of flipping around to Dallas, I mean, they, they, they kind of looked uninspiring at times. Um, I think their attack's gotten better, but I think that at times still they, they lack kind of that quality uh, um, that they really need up front. And I think that you know, with Jesus Ferrer, you're getting more of a, a guy that's making plays instead of somebody that's going to finish goals. Um, and with both of them coming back from U.S. camp, I know a lot of them either sat or came in and, and had some time limited uh, that they spent on the pitch just because of the grind that was the international window. So nothing too much to take away from them. Uh, yeah, I, I think Dallas has just been um... – I mean, they've been pretty decent to start the season. They're at eight points. They're in a playoff spot, but really, you would think that they would want have got uh, would have wanted to get um, three points there instead of the one. But uh, Soldier Field has been pretty good for Chicago so mm-hmm. far. They've been really good there. So uh, I think it has to do with the new manager than it does playing at Soldier Field. But you know, it, it's something to to keep track of. Um, Let's get to the game of the week. Can we get to the game of the week? This was so much fun. Cincinnati and Montreal finishes three, uh, four, three to Montreal. Uh, Brandon Vasquez is going to score a goal and make it one nil. Then Mahalovic is going to tie it up in the 17th minute. Then it's going to be credited as a Johnston own goal for Cincinnati to make it 2-1, and then another Mahalovic goal in the 41st minute. Then you're going to get Kamara taking the lead for Montreal, making it 3-2. Uh, you're going to have a penalty kick for Acosta 
who's going to 3-3, and then Torres for Montreal is going to make it 4-3. This game was wide open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Cincinnati had 18 shots to 9, but Montreal had 57 possession to 42. The shots on goal were 7-6 to to Cincinnati. It was just a lot of fun watching them go up and down uh, the field. It seemed like every time you look up at the screen, there was an attack going forward. It was like breakaway after breakaway and they're punching each other hard. It was like, gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know which one was worse defensively. Like it, it became that where it just seemed like they were all getting uh, shots at will. I mean, it really was. And you and I were texting back and forth about it, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it, it really was. And, and you and I early on, I think we're talking about, this is definitely game of the week. And I think we were only like three goals in. <laughs> it was like, this is phenomenal. Uh, because, I mean, you usually don't get that out of, of Cincinnati, right? I mean, they, they, they've always struggled to kind of get uh, the ball forward. And they've tried, you know, they've tried so hard to replace certain numbers in the attack that they've, you know, kind of, faltered on but now they seem to have you know at least some attack in behind Brandon Vasquez and I think Greg I I wish you could uh hear us on this one um what about Brandon Vasquez right five goals MLS one of the best if not sorry is the best striker right now in MLS um has five goals he's 20 let's say he's 23 Jordan um and we're looking for a nine we're still looking for somebody that can put the ball in the back of the net um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, going forward if Greg has any interest in calling him into some of these friendlies or international, the heck, even the Nations League. So um, I don't know. Kudos to kudos to him. I mean, he's looked phenomenally. Uh, just feels like he knows how to score uh, and when to score. So it's it's just gotten to the point where they just can rely on him to be that number nine. Um, and really, I mean, Brenner's just kind of an afterthought now, uh, and Cincinnati's kind of looked that way. Um, Jordan, is there concern for like Montreal? Like, I feel like over the last couple of games, I mean, they just seem like they've just not been able to piece things together. Defense seems to be faulty at times. There's huge concern for Montreal. They have four points. They're in 13th place out of 14. If Miami wasn't so bad, uh, I mean, they would maybe be bottom. Uh, I mean, look at the bottom of the East, though, you also have NYCFC and New England down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it is still early, but it's not great. It's not a great start for Montreal after how well they have played last season. They did have a tough start to the season, right? They faced off against Orlando and Philly, I think, the first two weeks, and then they faced off against, um, uh, you know, Cincinnati is, I guess, a is a good one that they got the win because if not, they'd have one point right now. So mm-hmm. it is good that they were able to turn it around because at first it looked like, you know, Cincinnati had to lead twice and in just typical Cincinnati fashion, they, they blew it. You know, mm-hmm. this was like a last year Cincinnati game where, you know, how many times did they have like a two nil lead or a two one lead and then end up blowing it. Right. And not just blow it to a draw, but blow like a, a loss is what it always felt like when you're looking mm-hmm. Cincinnati so much so that when they score or even have one or two goal lead, I'm not even sure that they're going to finish the game with a win or a draw. Like that's how bad it is right now. And this has been different managers. It's been different GMs. Like it's just like they're snake bit or something. Uh, you know, it's going to take some time because they have to keep resetting, but I don't know. It is uh it is a problem for Montreal. It's also a problem for Cincinnati 
those are three points they could have had. If they had those points, do you know where they would sit right now, Logan? They would sit no. around fourth or fifth with nine yeah. points. Which, after how bad they've been the last three years, would be a really great start and more of a chance of not finishing bottom of the East. Though, I really am starting to think that bottom of the East is going to be just Miami. We'll get to them later on here. Uh, they're a mess. Are you ready to move on to the next game, or did you still have anything to say about those two teams? No, I mean, I just get kind of finishing up on, on Montreal, uh, giving up 14 goals, um, which is tied with Cincinnati for the league's worst. Um, and you and I called it. You and I knew coming into this that Montreal and Cincinnati would struggle somewhat defensively because we weren't real impressed with their back core, um, and especially Cincinnati. And I, I felt – pretty confident in that 13th spot that we predicted. will say you had them seventh um, though. You had Montreal yeah, seventh. Right. There. Yeah. But I, I think the biggest thing was that we weren't just, we weren't sure that Montreal had kind of fixed the issues defensively. And, and that became an issue last year when they were trying to make that push in the playoffs or for the playoffs, not in the playoffs because um, Orlando knocked them out. But it, there were times that, that they lacked at the times, the, the sharp teeth that they needed defensively to keep the ball in the net, especially in important games where they were playing good competition. And I think it's clearing its head um, uh, now. And I think that it's uh, a big issue going forward. I think that there's really good pieces on that Montreal team. It's just, can they keep the ball in the back of the net? And Mahalovich, right now, right. he's been on a tear mm -hmm. to start the season. Yeah. Really La good form. Yeah. Lapalainen's been good. Victor Wanayama's been vintage. Uh, Victor. Um, they've had some really good performances from a lot of their guys. Bereza is pretty, pretty good, but it's just been, you know, a spattering of bad defensive plays um, against teams that they should be handling quite easily defensively, and, and they just haven't been able to do so. A lot of teams have handled Orlando pretty well defensively, so I don't know. You know, I think it's it's an, it's an issue, and, and I think it's going to continue to be an issue going forward for Montreal. Um. Just to let you know, also, it sounds like we're going to be playing a friendly against Uruguay in June. Uruguay is also going to play Mexico. Yeah, I knew they were rumored, and then they were rumored. The U.S. was also rumored to try to get Argentina or another South American team because they wanted to play somebody outside of the CONCACAF region, which would be cool. Like, if you could pull Uruguay and, like, you know, Brazil or somebody, that'd be nuts. Like, why don't we ever play Brazil in a friendly? That'd be kind of fun. It's on my playlist. Yeah. Uh, 2012. Yeah. Um, we didn't play well on that, though. Okay. Uh, let's go Toronto NYCFC. As Toronto get three points with Jimenez and Tiago Martin scoring uh, – well, Tiago Martin scoring her own goal. Uh, but it ends up 2-1 with uh, Bear getting a uh, goal in the 90-plus-2 to pull one back. NYCFC had 57% possession. They had 15 shots to eight. They had eight shots on gold compared to three. But Toronto get the win. This has to be a big boost for Bob Bradley. We were just talking about how Toronto is bottom of the league, bottom of the East not that long ago. They're now seventh in a playoff spot, of course, obviously, five games. Uh, but they actually have a game in hand against Orlando, who we've thought been pretty good so far, except for that LAFC result that we'll get to. 
but they're uh, one point behind Orlando with a game in hand. All of a sudden, Toronto's turned it on. I think they had like two straight wins, which gave them from one point up to seven. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot going on in NYC. We'll get to. I want to get back to Toronto, but like NYCFC have just been looked. I mean, just been stuck in mud. And I don't know if it's because of the CCL run. And I figure it's got a lot to do with it. a lot of the focus is still on the CCL run. And they'll go up against the Seattle team who have kind of been in that same boat, but they've kind of turned it around um, as the season has gone on and progressed, um, even with some of the injuries that they've had. But I, I mean, I, w- I would say like, if you're an NYCFC fan right now, you're just, you're concerned in the fact that nobody's playing well. Tati's not playing well. Tyus Magno's not playing well. You guys got, uh, I mean, injuries in the back you've got some concerns defensively sean johnson hasn't been as sharp and he saved you a lot of goals last season so it you know it is concerning for nycfc and and going forward you don't want to be that far behind because you don't want a bottom spot in the playoffs it's very difficult to win on the road in mls and I, i think you get into that bottom four to or sorry five to seven or four yeah five to seven um that becomes extremely difficult to win uh in this league so Keep your eye on that. Um, I'm sure they'll be better. But then again, Jordan, you and I talked about this. Once June hits, Tati Castellanos will probably no longer be a pigeon. So it, it'll be interesting to kind of see where he goes um, and what this team does. I mean, Bear has played pretty well since coming back from injury. But again, can you rely on that? Um, we've seen what top strikers in this league with, with knee injuries and issues have done previously. We'll get to another person that I'm kind of concerned about too. But uh, but then, yeah, talking about Toronto, Jordan, I mean, what, this is the Bob Bradley effect. You you called it. Uh, it. It seems that he just finds ways. He figures it out. They just beat the best team in MLS from last year. Um, and honestly, they looked pretty resilient. They looked like a team that was coming into their own shape. And this team is nowhere close on paper to the talent that NYCFC has. NYCFC has probably the best talent in the whole league when you break down their roster. Um and Toronto hung in there. And actually I thought dominated. I thought they looked really good. Bob's getting the young kids to play really well. I thought that that was a big crucial, um, uh, I guess, statement that they made uh, or he made when coming in is that he was going to, you know, he was going to rely on guys um, like Paterasso. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, they've got a good defense. They seem to have short ups on the issues there. Um, Jonathan Rosario has played well. Um, Jimenez has played well up front. So, yeah, it, it kudos to Bob, and uh, this is continually showing why he's one of the best coaches in this league. Yeah, it's been uh, it's just crazy. Um, you know, getting uh, sorry, I'm distracted by the draw here. Uh, <laughs> just getting um, up that quickly, you know, it's what two straight. It's two straight wins, right? I think we talked about how they won the other last week. Maybe if not, it's like two out of three. Um, two straight, yeah. They just look yep, to get up straight. there. I mean, that's that's everything you want, and uh, it's what Miami would be begging for right now. Miami, right? Miami is at a point where they're at one point. Turn that around real quick with two straight wins, and you're at seven points, and you're starting to get closer to the playoffs. But it just doesn't seem likely for them. Uh, NYCFC, you're right. Uh, not sure what where they're going to go later on here with Castellanos or anything like that. But it's uh, 
not looking good for them. Again, four points. They're only three points back of a playoff spot. It's still so early. Really, the only team out of it right now is Miami, and they're still mm-hmm. only six points back. So, again, you know, it's quick turnarounds that can happen. Um, but, yes, early on in this uh, season, just how bunched up everything is still is, is pretty impressive. I got a question about NYCFC, but let, remind me when we get to the Rebs. Okay. Uh, Nashville beat Columbus, uh, mule scoring in the 28th minute. This was something I kind of, I don't know if you could say I predicted it, but I said, this is what Nashville needs, right? They need to go back to an Eastern conference Mm -hmm. team, try to nick three points on the road. They go and do that against a team that they're familiar with. And even though they get outshot 19 to six, four to three on shots on goal out possession, 66 to 33, they end up winning the game 1-0, uh, exactly how you draw it up, right? Yeah, I, I had I had your narrative going in my head. Literally, I was watching Did the you highlights really? again. <laughs> I, yeah, I was watching the highlights again on uh, YouTube, and I was like, Jordan called this. He's like, he, they need to go – I could just hear you going, they need to go back east to get a win and get back right, and it and it exactly what happened. I mean, they, their defense looked dominant. It looked like a very, you know uh, – st- what do you call it? Help me. I'm so words are hard today. Um, stereotypical. There we go. It was okay. a very stereotypical <laughs> Nashville win, wasn't it? I mean, it was yeah. slam your, you know, slam your knuckles in the door, make a bruise, um, and, and just shut them out. And they did this without Walker playing the whole game. So, uh, again, man, this Gary Smith Nashville team just seems to understand exactly what's going on defensively. Um, they without Dax McCarty, they were without Walker Zimmerman. I mean, those are two staples and right in the mid middle of that backbone of that defense. So it just, I mean, kudos to them and kudos to, or, uh, to Gary Smith to go into Columbus and, and pull this out because it, uh, Columbus had been playing pretty well. Um, they, they were starting to look like that team that we kind of maybe saw the probably playing from last year or predict that we were going to see last year, but didn't. Um, but <laughs> Nashville had different, uh, different thoughts. But then again, Jordan, here's a question for this one. Um, I, I, I just kind of interested in, is this kind of like what it shows about the cream of the crop of the West? Like it, they, they come into these bigger teams in the East and just kind of shut the door on them. Um, and then like an away situation where it probably had no right to win the game. It's tough because they didn't really outplay them or anything. Yeah. I, I think it's just kind of more of a, I guess how good defensively Nashville was to not yeah. give up a goal, which is their strength. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you also look at it and say, well, while the West is usually a stronger conference, uh, last year's MLS champ was the, the NYCFC. East, yeah. The year before that was the crew against Seattle and Portland. You know, both of those teams, those strong Western conference teams lost to what a lot of people thought were maybe uh, lesser teams. Mm-hmm. So, it really is just on that you can never figure this out. Whenever you think you figured it out, it, it changes or does something unexpected, which I think is something that draws uh, more and more people to it. Right. I mean, we have people that we've had conversations with like Chris Smith, who, who <laughs> is Covers British, you know, yeah. and uh, barely watches the premier league and watches MLS mm-hmm. because it's just so much more, engaging it's more entertaining um because there's just you know 
throughout this whole season, look, like I said, Miami, while they're one point, they're the worst team in MLS right now, can conceivably turn around. They're not going to be mathematically eliminated until probably October, you know, yeah. or sept- or late September. You know, they're they're going to be in it mathematically for a while. So it, it's just so much fun to say, look at what this can look at what this can cause. You know, and you look at it the same thing with NYCFC losing the TFC, and you look at it with Nashville getting bombarded on the road, but just hanging in there enough to get it. And, you know, that moves them up to 10th place with seven points. They're only one point out of fourth place. They're three points out from third Nashville. That's how bunched up the West is right now. It goes 13 points, 11, nine, eight, 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 seven, seven, six, six, four, two. That is the West right now. Mm -hmm. Lots of eights. Lots of seven and sixes, and then you know the cream of the crop, LAFC right now. Atlanta steals one on the road at Audi Field with uh, Moreno scoring in the ninety plus four minute, and um, I think there was also something out today that uh, Ozzy Alonso Alonso towards ACL. ACL. Yeah. Oh, we got our first draw here. This is League C, though. Okay, so not as important right now. <laughs> but who was a, that? Group A is B. Trying to figure out who that is, and then Group B was uh, Saint Kitts and Nevis for League C. Here is comes BOE like the British Easter Group C? Saint um... Lucia. That's a good band. All right, um, let's go to. Just to keep on talking about Atlanta real quick. They edged out the possession. They edged out the shots. Barely edged out the shots on goal. But DC has been having some problems at Audi Field recently. Um, they sit eighth place, but their record at home is one win and two losses, no draws. So not, not the ideal. best start at home. No. And a team that played pretty well in, at home. Uh, you didn't want to go to DC last year. Um, but again, it, like you said, it talks about, it just talks, this just talks to the, the, the variety of results that you get depending on the year. Like it, it it's shocking to me um, and still will be and always will be just how unpredictable this league is. Uh, this was the team that was running people crazy last year. Now they can't run anybody crazy. So it, it is, it's just the, the, the difference between last year and this year is, um, eye-opening like if you came over Jordan I'd love to just hear the perspective of like a British person coming over and after watching the premiere come to this league and go oh yeah NYCFC won it last year they're owned by the city group like they'll just run this thing for the next couple of years and then all of a sudden you look at it and they're like one of the worst league teams in the league right now like as far as performance and form it's just mind-boggling but if if I if I had confidence in anybody, it would definitely be Aaron Andosada, right? Like you and I talked about this time and time again last year. We just kind of felt like there would be times where we'd be like, okay, maybe the wheels kind of come to a halt here, but they never did. I mean, it just felt like he just kept going and going and making adjustments. And I feel like while the quality is not there, I still believe in his system. And I still believe that if he does get players, you know, it might not be this year or the summer, but next year. Um, I mean, I, I've got all, the utmost confidence in a guy 
um, that seems to have really kind of found his footing here in the MLS and could really kind of take off as a as a coach that we start to know on the world stage. It'll be interesting to kind of see how he kind of turns this thing around because I think DC, if he can make DC a title or not a title, a playoff contender this season, um, that's a lot because I think this team is just not that great. So it'll be interesting to see what he does over the next couple of months. All right, yeah, the groups for League C are almost done. So I guess they'll go C, B, and then A. So we'll yeah. probably know the U.S. results uh, near the end here. Guess what? There was no uh, musical number in this one and no uh, – Could we interview everybody picking a ball out of the group? Like, yeah. uh, that's important that we interview all of them. Logan, now you played for a <laughs> team about 50 years ago. Right. What was your thought when the name came out of the yeah. ball? Well, see, the country was named something different, Jordan, so I, I really don't have any kind of like... – Yes, I played for Yugoslavia, <laughs> but uh, that's not around. Right, I played for East Berlin, but they tore the wall down, and <laughs> you know that got confusing. So, um, But I do have a question about going back to MLS. Um, Atlanta United, Jordan, um, I saw a tweet going out today. And it made me start – I did ponder it. Do we ever see a Joseph Martinez year again? Like, it was that it? Like, was the year that he did that where he went absolutely nuts? Like, I know he's not going to go crazy, but, like, have we seen the last of Joseph Martinez, like, really tearing this league apart? Yeah, I think you asked this a few weeks ago, too. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. But even if so, the fact that they sit – third in the East yeah, right got now a good is team. still right. really good right now. Right. Even losing Alonzo to an ACL is not mm-hmm. stop this team. I think right. that they are uh, really good. And I mean, looking mm-hmm. at the top of the East right now is Philly with 13, Red Bulls with 10, Atlanta with 10. If Red Bulls are good this year and I go see a Red Bull game against NYCFC, That'd be pretty fun. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll wear my Terry on Reed jersey. I have to fit in. I can't just go there wearing Union gear. I'd probably get tossed out. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Red Bulls. They beat the Revs 1-0. Frankie Amaya got a red card in the 73rd minute. 90-minute own goal for Polster, giving Red Bulls the lead. And then Buxa getting a red card in the 90-plus-4. So a game that had nothing going on for the first 70-some minutes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gets two red cards and a goal in the last 15 minutes of the game. Revs were the home team at Gillette Stadium, 66% possession. They had less shots, 12 to 11. Uh, they had equal number of goal. But uh, what, what is what is going on with... The Revs. Ask me a question about them and about NYCFC. Mm-hmm. But also, I need to ask you a question: Did Matt Turner have frostbite or not? Because yeah, so this is he yeah. said it. He didn't. Uh, Bruce he said had, he did. Yeah, tendonitis, <laughs> right, or something like that. Yeah, uh, he did. Bruce says he did. Yeah, I don't think he actually did. I think Bruce is speaking out of his ass or whatever. Yeah. And Matt Turner has no reason to lie it's not even on the same foot as what his regular injury is right now it's just mm-hmm. people are making such a big deal about how it is the you know they're painting they're painting this as an issue for u.s soccer of you guys covered this up but i just don't think it's that at all <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it comes down to what just asking if he could do it on a cold night in Stoke, right? Like if he could yeah. pick a ball uh, on a cold. We'll find night out, I guess. In Qatar, like, does it get cold in Qatar? Like, I don't know if it gets cold in Qatar. It does um, not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's desert, isn't it? It get cold at night then. Um, but no, I. Uh, no, I don't believe in the frostbite thing. I think Matt Turner would know if he had frostbite if it was the reason why he was out uh, for the for that prolonged period of time. Jordan, I am thinking it's more of Arsenal looking at them going, please don't play him. Because what if, Jordan, I know this is wild, but what if Arsenal is actually considering that he might be a, a contender for that number one spot? And he's, they're saying, okay, listen, don't get him hurt. And it might be very much precautionary. Like his foot might be fine. If it's tendonitis of the foot, that tends to just go away with time. Well, he had tendonitis in one, I think. And then uh, he hurt his, he actually like broke something in his right foot when he was. So I do think he's actually injured. I don't think Arsenal is painting anything like that because I, I, if you're Arsenal, you probably want him play. I guess. Be able to keep up his form going into it. But I would think that they're probably are looking at him as maybe being a legit option, or else why are you, why are you purchasing him? But yeah. I guess we'll see. How about this game though? Uh, Red Bulls win a classic. These are two original MLS teams, mm-hmm. um, but uh, two red cards and own goal. What are your thoughts here on the Revs overall for the beginning of the season? Not good. Um, defense hasn't been great. Uh, part of that problem is not having Matt Turner in goal. Um, and then part of that problem is just not having a healthy back line all together at once. Um, and they've had issues with keeping guys on the pitch with injury. Um, and they've had that in the past. They, they had this with Carlos Heel, where they kind of uh, thought they'd miss a beat last year. But this year it's kind of more of like the, the missing pieces are just kind of n- nagging away at them. Um, also, you've got Adam Buxa and Gustavo Bo who have not really been in form and, and kind of put away those goals that they did last year. Um, last year, they were prolific and just scoring goals to just absolutely seal um, what was going on uh, in the game and, and being able to just end games. They were those showstoppers, and they just haven't been that this year. And I think that's the biggest thing. They've lost Tyshawn Buchanan, right? Um, and Tyshawn Buchanan is uh, one of the best playmakers in that midfield, and they lose him. Um, they didn't really see remnants of it last year because I think they were on such a roll. You could have plugged anyone in there. I think Jordan, you and I could have played last year in that midfield um, and we would have kind of fit in well, um, but it is, it's an, it was an aging team. Like we knew that we knew there weren't real exciting young pieces coming through for the revs. And, and when they have, they've kind of sold them, right. Dewan Jones, Brandon by like those guys, we talked about this, Jordan, those two likely to be rumored in the summer. You're also looking at, Carlos Heel, who um, if he's not playing at top level, then this team kind of misses a beat. Uh, we talked about Adam Buxa possibly being on the move too. You're going to see Gustavo Bo get more interest, I think. So I don't know. You've got a bunch of guys, right? They were really good last year. Um, and actually, I was reading Matt Doyle's piece last year, Jordan, and they said that um, the Revs actually, if you look at the stats, played – so much better than what they had been projected. Like the stats were insane. Like they had completely gone beyond anything that the stats projected on um, expected goal stuff and like uh, run of play and everything else. The, the the ground they covered, the wins they got, like it, it was, un- it was insane just how much the, they exceeded expectations. And they were, he was talking about all these different stats that they had kind of gone through. Um, and 
to be honest, like I, I, I think you're starting to kind of see them come back down to earth or at least what was their earth. I still think this is a good team, Jordan, but I don't think it's that 73 point, you know, team that we saw last year. Um, mostly because I think there's better teams in the East this year that I think are playing better. And one of them is, is yours. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to kind of see what Bruce does here, but this could spell the end for what we, we kind of see as this core group for the Revs. Uh, Cuba was drawn in the group A of League B. Haiti was drawn in the group B of League B. And Trinidad and Tobago was group C. And Guatemala was group D. And I just want to commend the people that actually take the time to update wikipedia because all it took after league c was finished was for me to hit refresh and they had already put in all the groups <laughs> so that's like, solid. that is that is really solid whoever is sitting around who's like i gotta be the first one to update the <laughs> nation's league thing i commend you because i would be one of the ones to do that if i knew how to really update it as well but uh yeah they they go ahead and beat everybody to it okay um Orlando loses to LAFC. I know you really want to talk this one. We can one. move on to the, the, the next game. Uh, Brian Rodriguez scores in the 24th minute. Pato equalizes in the 36th. And then uh, Mario gets a 38th minute goal. And then it goes back to tying Jao Matino, 45th. And then Sanchez in the 51st. And then Opoku in the 90 plus three. Uh, this was at Exploria Stadium. This is the one you wanted to go to, but then it was storming, so you didn't. So, mm -hmm. are you happy you missed out on, or would you have enjoyed a six-goal game? No, I would not have enjoyed this at all. Um, only because I, I, it was pouring down rain, and TV didn't do it justice of how hard it was raining all day. Uh, and people, I hate watching games in ponchos. It's just not it. Like it, it's like a, it's like being in an oven, especially here in Orlando. Like it gets humid. So I, I just. No, and then I'm glad because the result wasn't one that – I don't care if they score 90 goals. If my team loses, I don't think that's very fun. It's kind of like baseball. If you know, you lose a game 11 to 10, that's no fun. Um, it's a little bit more exciting than like a one one to nothing win or a 0-0 draw or something like that. Um, but, you know, this had – I mean, it, it had the makings of Orlando actually beating L.A. in the first half. Like, it, it felt – like uh, Orlando controlled the pace. They had most of the possession. They had most of the shots on goal. They had most of the shots on target. Uh, it, it just seemed like they had the ability to kind of pull this out, but it, it was, it was almost like LA had too much talent and then Orlando's defense faltered. Um, and the reason being, uh, which is huge is that Antonio Carlos went down with what appears to be and is being reported at Jordan as a torn hamstring, which would put him out for the remainder of the year. Um, which is what it sounds like. Um, they said that there's nothing confirmed from the team because they're still going to run some more tests, but somebody had tweeted out today that they had heard that the team had expected the worst and that the training staff had diagnosed him as having at least a torn hamstring time period unknown, but it seemed to be four to six weeks is what they were, or four to six months is what they were hinting, which would be absolutely crushing blow to this, you know, center back pairing between him and Robin Johnson. Um, Robin Janssen's really good. Uh, Schlegel's really good. I think Rodrigo steps in and, and plays pretty well, but he's no Antonio Carlos. I mean, Antonio Carlos, you're looking at one of the best center backs in this league. So it it's tough to lose AC. Um, that defensive back line, Jordan, you and I talked about it. Can they stay healthy? No, they cannot. And it seems to have bitten them again. 
they need to go out now, I think, and spend some money if they can in, in the summer to bring in a center back. Um, I just don't know where you're going to find a center back. So it'll be interesting. Um, really kind of sad. Facundo Torres uh, wasn't there um, for most of those games, but he came back in this one, uh, played pretty well. I about said he wasn't there this game, but he was there this game. Um, but, yeah, it, it Cara played well. Pato played extremely well. That was exciting. Um, LAFC has Carlos Vela, so that's a big difference. Um, Brian Rodriguez was really good too, Jordan. Um, they, yeah. They, Chirondolo seems to have fixed whatever issues that he and Bob, Bob had because uh, I know Brian had some issues with, with Bob. Bob didn't really like him. He kind of fell out of favor. They had Chirondolo's some issues. been really good, huh? 13 so. points. <laughs> like supporter shield. Yeah. Uh, I was just laughing again because literally as soon as the last ball came out, I rushed this thing. It was completely filled up for League B. <laughs> was it really? Yes. On Wikipedia. They're like, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it so quick. Um, good job. Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, Philadelphia versus Charlotte. Philly wins 2-0. Carranza fourth minute in and Gazdag in the 46th minute. Carranza, what a pickup so far. He's I think like two goals and an assist or an assist and two goals. I think a goal and two assists. I know. I just said the same thing twice, didn't I? Yeah, My it was bad. a goal and assist, or a goal and two assists. Yep. A That's what I was checking. Yep, assists. a goal and two assists. Listen, listen to this. He had one goal as a Miami player. Yeah. Uh, last year and two goals as Miami player the year before. He's already passing production by being involved in three goals. Mm-hmm. So, just. It might be Matt Doyle or somebody said it might be Miami's best DP signing and he goes to the union. Gosh, I'm, I'm just so impressed with the union, man. Like I, I do it every year or every week. Three like straight results. The first time in history yeah. they've ever won three games. They've ever had like three games in a row with the same score line. Yeah. So they're like, okay, Brendan Aronson's not here. We kind of have – a, a weird run last year where we can't win at home where we've always won at home. Then we kind of turned around and made that push for the playoffs and then looked like probably the team that was going to represent the East had not all those COVID cases happened, Jordan. I think they beat NYCFC at home. Uh, was it, it was at home, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was at Philly. Um, yeah. Would have beaten them then. And then, but, but then we're like, okay, let's go get this guy, Daniel Gazdog. Okay, he was decent last year. It was like, okay, he he's he's coming into the league. Four straight goals with a or four straight games with a goal, Jordan, to start the season. Yeah. Like it, it must feel good to be you. Like it must feel good to know that even though your owners don't break the bank, they are going to be these like persistent winners for what could be the foreseeable future because of just the young talent they stack up. And then like these random dudes, they just find in the middle of nowhere where we're not, you guys don't shop in the South American region. You seem to shop in the European regions where things aren't quite working out with guys that might be South American. That it's because there. of Ernst Tanner, because he, you know, he comes from over there. He was a yeah. uh, executive over in Germany and he, he's able to fight. He has connections over there. He's able to find players over there. And able to kind of turn everything around, um, you know, quickly. So, really, we had Ernie Stewart mm-hmm. before that, and it was not as good. And now he went to the U.S. men's national team. And now here we are with. So that's the issue. <laughs> might be one of the issues. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, 
In oh, okay, here we go. Group A, Mexico goes to Group A in the Nations League. Mexico. So that means we cannot be drawn in. We're in pot one, I believe. So we should be B, C, or D. So yeah, we can't draw. we can't be in there with Canada or Costa Rica. So it's going to be So we can draw Panama, Jamaica, Costa Rica, group Salvador, Honduras. I want to find out where these games are going to play at cuz I want to go to one. I mean, it seemed like they were all out west, weren't they? Oh, are they? I don't know if it says. I was trying to look. Denver was where we played last time. Cuz we were playing a mile high. Canada, Group C. So we should be Group D then if they did the draw right. Like I almost dropped the ball. Yeah. I get it because like. I got it. All like right. That. Let's go <laughs> San Jose versus Austin, which finishes 2-2. Goonies never say die again. Max Arruti in the 11th minute. Jerusi with a PK in the 52nd. Austin has a 2-0 lead at San Jose. Then Abobasi converts a penalty, and then Cade Cal scores two minutes after that to make it 2-2. Two, two. Uh, San Jose had more possession. They had more shots. They had more shots on goal. So Austin has been re- really improving this year, but uh, San Jose just get enough here uh, to get it. But Austin up to fourth place with a draw, and San Jose with uh, got their second point of the uh, – second point of the the season the first one was in another goonie style comeback against the crew uh, and that's it that's their two points yeah collect the point on the road i mean that that's the oh, jamaica that's... drawn in with mexico by the way and panama with costa rica good keep them away from us <laughs> so we should get we should get el salvador or honduras give us honduras we're el salvador <laughs> oh that's perfect those are great never yeah. really good we have an easy draw then I don't know, man. Martinique, have you ever seen them play? I haven't, but maybe somebody Honduras has. goes to Canada. We get El Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> See, we go to the World Cup, Jordan. Our head gets big, and we start paying off these guys to, to weighted balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any thoughts on San Jose or Austin? Yeah. Uh, Matias Almeida out. I'm going to keep pounding the table until that happens. Um they should have lost this game, Jordan. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, they should have lost this game. Like, they had so many shots and so many shots on goal, and they couldn't convert. And they got two goals that just did. Austin, again, not great defensively, um, not as sound as you would like them to be this year. And they, they leak in two goals, and I think that that ultimately just writes it home, and, and that's where they kind of dropped the points that they did. But, um, again, I, I think – Austin's okay defensively. I think they've got some things that they kind of need to work out. Um, but uh, eight points out of, what, thir- five games, that's uh, a major improvement over last year. I don't think this is a, a punching bag team anymore. So, I don't know. They're coming up out of it, Jordan. So, it'll be interesting to kind of see where they go in the future. But, uh, yeah, nothing really to say uh, about it. Sebastian Giroud is really good. Uh, Suriname goes with Mexico and Jamaica. Martinique goes with Costa Rica and Panama. And now we'll see who gets Group C with Canada and Honduras. It is Curacao. Curacao. So we get Granada. Yep, we get Granada. Which is ranked 25 in CONCACAF, I guess. 
Is that last? No, last is 41, it looks like, with British Virgin Islands. Hmm. Wow, it's a tough group, U.S. That should be no problem to move in, move on in. No problem at all. I mean, we should move on no matter what group we would have gotten. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. As we take a brief interlude with this, Logan, is do does that help the U.S. having a weak draw here? You know, because you'd think you want to probably play against some better teams to get some better competition. But then also you're for sure to get into the finals, right? And then you'll be playing against those good teams anyway. So I'm not sure if it's that much of a difference. Yeah, here's my thing. Like a, a lot of these guys are going to be playing their European teams. I mean, we, we we have players on really good European teams, so there's not really much missing there. This is like their off time too. So we don't really want to break the bank and break them while we're in the process of trying to figure out who could be on this World Cup qualifying team. I think you're going to get to see some of the MLS guys play too. I think Greg – He's obviously going to call in a lot of those guys that he's kind of called in. He said he's going to call in the whole squad, so we'll see. Um, but I think you're going to see a served break for some of these guys. Like, I don't think Pull 6 will play all these games. I don't think, you know, if he does, he's spot, spot here, spot there. But I do hope, and this is what I hope, to, this is where I hope that Greg takes the, the opportunity to pull in some of these guys that are like, on the brink and plays them in meaningful minutes in some of these group games. I'm talking like Luca. I'm talking guys like PFOC. Can we figure out if that's actually going to happen or if that's not? Can we find out if Ricardo Pepe can kind of find form again? This would be a good run of games to try to get him back into form. Josh Sargent, can we pull him back in to see what maybe he's got? Maybe we're missing something there. Um, that would be great, wouldn't it? It'd be like a full circle of Josh Sargent ended up being like the starting nine. But again, get guys like that. Like get get guys in this like Shaq Moore. Eric Palmer Brown, um, Carter Vickers, like pull those guys in and see maybe this is, you know, a possible option going forward because, I mean, a lot of these kids are picking up injuries and we've got to find people that can replace them in case something like this happens in November. And let's just reiterate how this, how this, what this does for Nations League, right? So if you win your group, you qualify to the Nations League finals. Mm Mm-hmm. Which would be the like going to the semifinal and then going to the final after that. Uh, and you also get CONCACAF Gold Cup qualification. If you finish second in your group, you get CONCACAF Gold Cup qualification. If you get third place in your group, you get advancing to the CONCACAF Gold Cup preliminary rounds. And you also get relegated to League B in the Nations League. So then Nations League B, they get... If they if they finish in the f- top of their group, they get promotion to League A, and they also get Gold Cup. If they finish second in their group, they get Gold Cup preliminaries. If they finish third, nothing happens because they have groups of four, and then the fourth team goes relegation to League C. League C, the only thing that happens is the top team gets promoted to Nations League B, and they get to the Gold Cup preliminary. So that's how that is working out for these CONCACAF nations. It's a good idea. I do like this better than just having friendlies all the time. Like, give me something that gets, you know, 
instead of just having the qualification be the way that we learn how to play on the road, Mm -hmm. we'll be learning that stuff on here. And I think it will be different than when you said Denver, that was just, I think the final for the nation's league as a whole. Um, I'm assuming these games should be home and away, I think. So we will probably have some games that are picked by picked by us here. Put us in uh, the hostile situations. Like I want to be in hostile away games. Like the, just to yeah, we've had this it game. too easy with everything being here mm-hmm. for sure. Like let us like the Panama game was. I mean, we fell right into place, and luckily that happened for us. But like, give us like. I mean, when we start to get further into the, when is the second? Like when is the semifinals? Those are are those next June? June. Next June. Okay. I was going to say, because like those games will be interesting, but like, I don't know, just give us like some hostile environments on the road, playing at some of these places where people are going to be like, let's beat the U.S. It's a lot of fun. Like going to El Salvador would be great. So send us down there. Let us play. Let's get out of Yes, we played home and away in League A last, last time. And we had Canada and Cuba in our group. So, man, we have a really much easier... <laughs> group but we played at bmo field in canada and then we played at audi field in dc when it was usa versus cuba Mm. and then they played at exploria for canada usa Uh, that's there's chances man there's chances we're gonna be playing where stadiums we can go to so Back to MLS. Uh, Minnesota loses to Seattle two to one. Reynoso gets the lone goal for Minnesota in an 82th minute, 82 minute penalty kick. Jean Paulo, 38th minute, uh, great goal scored by Jean Paulo. Jean Paulo, and then Kalman in the 49th minute own goal to give Seattle the victory here in Minnesota as Seattle sits uh, ninth place with seven points. They're one below Minnesota. Really, Minnesota could have got a little bit more space there. They would have had all the way up to second or third is where they would be sitting right now, but they sit eighth. So uh, kind of some missed points there for Minnesota at home. But what you need it from Seattle, jumping from four points to seven, and now only two points away from third place, you know, uh, they're rebounding. It's, it's how it's going to be. Any thoughts between these two teams? Uh, Reynoso doesn't look the same as he has in the past. So that's kind of concerning. If you're a Minnesota fan, he hasn't been that, you know, knight in shining armor that you really need, especially Minnesota. I think Robin Ludd hasn't been fantastic either. So it kind of has been, um, a slow start for Minnesota um, as far as, as far as performing, um, you know, they've won two games lost or sorry, drew two and lost one. Um, but the games again, that you drew, like you'd like to pick some points up off of that, or maybe some three points off of that. Um, you and I talked about it and we talked about it extensively. Can Armaria really, you know, propel this team forward? You and I are pretty much in the consensus of saying no, Um I'm afraid that this is where that kind of that Minnesota team deserves to be four or sorry, five through seven. Like, I think that's realistic um, right now with everything that is going currently. Um, I just don't see this team being that special outside of that. Now, Seattle, on the other hand, they're, they're really starting to kind of pick their heads up from a, a really abysmal start. Uh, you're getting guys back from injury. 
Um, you've got Nico Ladero, who I think Jordan is starting to look a lot like his former self. Um, I guess if you had any concerns with Seattle, it'd be kind of that center back pairing. Can they stay healthy? Um, and then you've got to also look at, uh, I think, Rusnak, who's not quite fit into that system with Schmetzer yet. But again, you have to give a guy a year. Uh, and that kind of sucks because he is such a high-profile player, but it really does take a player in, in soccer to kind of get his feet wet um, and play here with a system like Schmetzer's to really kind of fit in coming from an RSL system that's not that similar. So, um, yeah, like I, no concerns here for Seattle, I think, except just the injury concerns that Seattle normally has. But if not, then Jordan, they're really starting to pick up the pace. All right, Vancouver beats Kansas City. Raposo in the 73rd minute. Is that Reynoso's brother? Yeah, this was at BC Place. Uh, 52% possession for KC. Vancouver edged him out on shots. KC edged him out on shots on goal, but KC still struggling. They're at 11 points. I mean, they're at 11 place, six points, only, again, two points or three points out from top three and seven. Uh, So... They can still turn around. Vancouver sits with four points. Getting that win moved them from one point up to four. So definitely a needed win for Vancouver. You don't want to sit on one point too long. I'm looking at you, Miami. Um, Anything about these two? Brian White's back. Came back this weekend. That's exciting. Uh, U.S. men's national team hopeful. I'm just trying to find a nine at this point for us. <laughs> like, I really am. It's really dreadful to watch. Um, but no, I Brian really think Pepe back. would be it if he yeah, stayed at Dallas. Yeah. Um, it, you know, going to Augsburg, Augsburg is really, off. really wrecked him. Yeah. And that's why I said you have to be careful where you're going um, when you – World Cup year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he might play himself out of it. Uh, yeah. and now we're looking at Sargent, who's who's been pretty good for Norwich recently. Right. Could get a shot. I think he could. Yeah, and, and same thing with Giazzi. Giazzi has been awful with the crew, um, yeah. and it's just kind of, I mean, I, it just They're looking like, to trade him. Yeah, it's just like a tailspin. Like him, I mean Matthew Hoppy. Like this time in goal, or sorry, Nations League last year, we we're looking at him yeah. as a viable option. He's disappeared off the freaking map because he's he never playing and. Like Spain on an island, like yeah. yeah, like he's playing in, you know, the, the Spanish national league or whatever the hell they call it. So I don't know what they call it, but uh, it's La Liga, Liga, isn't it? Yeah, it's La Liga. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, like I, I couldn't remember if Mallorca was La Liga or if they were Division Two. Yeah, they're in Liga One. Uh, they're yeah, in like, Liga. Yep. He's playing on a yacht somewhere. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's concerning. I would say just in the fact that we need to find a number nine. But Brian White's back. That's an option. Greg doesn't tend to go with the, the obvious choices. So Brian White's probably not on the list. Um, but yeah, I, Vancouver, again, Jordan, you and I talked about this. They just, they needed to add something, but they didn't add anything. So like, they're, they're not going to get better. And Dave Caicedo has regressed, like Cavallini regressed, like they just regress. And now you've got a team that's below average because they were average last year. Like this is the concern you and I had. We talked mm-hmm. about this extensively. And this team's going to be bad, I think, this year. Like, this team's going to be brutal. And they lose Kripo, so yikes. All right. Uh, Colorado drew with Salt Lake. Ruiz had a penalty kick for Salt Lake in the 45th minute, made it 1-0. Abu Bakar scoring in the 56th minute to make it 1-1. 
for the Rapids. That puts them, uh, Rapids are in six and RSL in second with 11 points. Pretty good for both of these clubs still at this point in the season. And uh, I apologize. I think I did not have them. I had uh, Rapids eight and I had RSL at nine, which could still happen. But yeah, I think I gave them maybe not enough, not enough credit here. I don't know. I think you did all right because I think the one thing with Colorado, um, they don't have any finishers. Like this is this is going to happen to them a lot. Like they're going to have a lot of one ones, zero zeros because their defense is good. We talked about how good they were defensively. Um, Keegan Rosenberry kind of leading that charge, but then you've got you know the issues of Cole Bassett no longer being there. Don Baji's gone. So like who who's going to score? Um, and that's uh, that's a major concern. They don't have the finisher and they need a finisher. Right. Um, I mean, my cat's here. She's willing to join. So if the Rapids want to give her a call, um, she's always kind of over the shoulder, you know, playing behind me. So, um, but yeah, they, like you said, Jordan, I think where you and I have them, RSL and Colorado very well could end up in those kind of spots because I don't think they've got, they don't seem to have that extra gear that they might have had last year. So I don't know. Guess we'll see. It's really early still. So, you know, we're just kind of overreacting here, but I do think there's some concern with their firepower. Speaking of fire, <laughs> not Chicago. <laughs> no, uh, dumpster fire. Miami uh, is losing 3-1 to Houston. Cantero uh, in the 49th minute. Fafa Pico in the 57. Higuain pulls one back in the 66. Fafaf Pico scores again in the 90 plus three. Miami had more possession. They had more shots. 22 shots. Logan, that's the most shots I've said today. 22 shots to 11. Five on target. Uh, so while the original goal was to not give up as many goals, I think they also need to figure out how to score them. But also, Phil Neville still not really grasping to stop the goals. Right? <laughs> this is at home, by the way. Home game, lose 3-1 against Houston. Houston, who has been, uh, you know, they've been all right. Eight points, seventh place in the West right now. But, I mean, come on. They're averaging, you know how many points per game Miami's averaging right now? Point two. They have one out of five games. Mm-hmm. They've given up 13 goals. They have a negative 10 goal differential. That's like relegation zone stuff overseas. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Montreal is the next – oh, no, Cincinnati is the next worth with negative six. Then Montreal the next with negative five. Uh, negative six, also Vancouver in the west, and then Kansas City and San Jose with negative five. But So they have almost double the next worst teams. Yeah. Nothing is going right. Now, do you keep giving Phil Neville time here, or is it soon going to be time to move on? Beckham said he's going to be more involved. That's what he said What after last year, right? Because he was frustrated yeah. with how it went then. I think it hasn't on been it, going well. Yeah, I think honestly what's happening, Jordan, I think that Beckham's just waiting for Greg Berhalter to get fired from the U.S. men's national team, and then he'll pay the U.S. Federation a ton of money to just take Phil Neville off his hands so he doesn't have to fire his best friend. Like, it, it does get to that point, right, though, where it's awkward to go down the, the hallway 
and go into Phil's office and go, I know you've been successful in doing this with the, the with, with the women's national team in Canada, but like, dude, like this is brutal. <laughs> like you don't know how to, I mean, we don't know how to build a team and you don't know how to get them to play. So this is not really a match made in heaven. Um, man, I mean, just, you, you explained it right in a dumpster fire, but man, it's like a dumpster fire on like, uh, what is it, Mustafar? So it's like, you know, it, it, it seems to just all be flames at this point. Um, and I'm not really sure how you get it. Now, they score goals like they're on Hoth, but uh, definitely um, some major issues. Jordan's not even paying attention because he's not even getting my Star Wars references. Um, but no, it, it, I don't know. Jordan, do you fire Neville? Like, how do you fire your best friend? Jordan, Jordan could you fire me from this podcast? Yeah, I've been close. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. That's why you don't hire your best friend as yeah. a, you know, as a uh, coach Anything. of your team. Right. Anything that you would be like directly above him that you mm-hmm. have to fire, be the one to, to fire him. That's that's not what I would do. I guess that's not really his call anyway. I guess the GM could technically do it i guess he could probably pass it down and say hey bud can you just go fire him for me but i don't know sometimes if they're like they're not just friends they also were teammates and sometimes teammates can call each other out on that kind of stuff yeah. maybe he could fire him and nothing would matter i don't know they fired frankie lampard so i mean i guess anything's possible right not yeah, well, miami, miami didn't fire i was him. gonna say uh <laughs> yeah they couldn't chelsea they, they... did yeah I was going to say Miami would take a Frank Lampard in the midfield right now. <laughs> they would try. They probably have contacted him. All the rumors of who they're contacting. Um, all these old company. people that are no longer playing. Okay. Uh, Chitarito scored very early ninth minute to make it 1-0 for LA Galaxy at Providence Park. It's then going to be a 16th minute own goal. Is what they have it. Marked as yeah, yeah Tulo Tuiloma uh, scoring own goal in the 16th minute. Then we get a red card in the 45th plus three for Benia for Portland. Then we get a goal from Tuiloma in the 51st minute to make it two uh, one, and you're like, okay, maybe it's on, maybe the game is on. No, Chicharito in the 59th minute scores another goal to make it three one, and then. Uh, Delgado got a red card in the 61st minute, so both teams finished with 10 men. Lots of red cards this weekend. I don't know mm-hmm. what people were drinking, but LA outpossessioned them. They did not outshoot them, 16 to 10. Again, at that point, they already had like a 2 0, 2 1 advantage. So they were even a 3 1 advantage. 59 minutes in, that gives you 30 minutes for Portland to start trying to just keep shooting at the net. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it. LA Galaxy up to third place now again. I think they'll be fine this year, but it's kind of a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me type of thing. So I'm not counting my chickens until they're in the playoffs and the playoff is actually kicking off <laughs> with how far they fell last year. But Chitarito on hot form, was that five goals, uh, four, five goals in four games or something like that? Four goals in five games? Uh, let's see. Uh, I just closed FB Ref. That's probably not a good idea. Um, Chicharito. Four goals yeah, in five four games. Goals. Uh, that's how he started last year. Last year was really hot right away, and then mm-hmm. he got injured. So if he can stay healthy, that's kind of the question with him. But if he can stay healthy, 
LA's going to be dangerous. If he can stay healthy, I mean, L tree's going to be barking up his tree soon. Like it, <laughs> I think they're done with them. I, th- I do too. Yeah. Him and Carlos Vela. I think either, I think both of them could have MVP type performances um, this season. And L tree and Tata would still be going, I'm going to take my chance with Raul Jimenez. Like it just seems like a good idea. Um, but yeah, no, what you said, Jordan, if they, again, Galaxy can be very, very good. Um, they kind of short up the defense issues too. Um, but they can be really good if Chicharito can keep form and keep you know his fitness up. But that that's a big if. Like that's that's a massive if. Um, he really, I mean, I it's hard to imagine Chicharito playing more than 25 to 26 games. And, and that's you know, that's ultimately where it ends up. Like I think that if you get 25 to 26, you're pretty happy with that result for Chicharito. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it does seem like if he does get hurt, his form just completely goes to crap. Um, and I think it's older age. Like, you just can't bounce back quickly enough. So, again, I'm, I'm rooting for him because I do love him. Like, I, it, as much as he is uh, an L-Tree guy, as much as he was a United guy, um, he's really hard to not, like, cheer for. Like, he is probably the easiest person to cheer for in this whole league. Just because he's Oh, so, I love him. He seems so friendly and, like, He's always emotional. Like if they ever interviewed him. Did you hear him when they were booing him at mm-hmm. the end of the game? And he was like, I love oh, that. Yeah, I yeah. love that sound. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's just having a ball. He's he's loving being the villain yeah. for some of these teams. And, you know, it, it really is night and day different from before Greg Vanny was there when, mm-hmm. when he was not performing. And, uh, you know, part of it was injuries. Part of it was the weird 2020 season. But then Vanny comes in and just – I mean, has kind of turned this team around. It's unfortunate they didn't make the playoffs last year, but again, I think a healthy Chicharito, they probably do. And then how, how much he was scoring last year was just, he, he seems to really be enjoying his soccer again, which is, which is great. Yep. And and their biggest thing was coming into this year. Could they kind of shore up some of those defensive issues that they had last season um, and without Jonathan Bond standing on his head. And they have, they've only allowed five goals over five matches. It's a goal a game. They want to get that down maybe just a little bit um, where they're kind of conceding underneath the goal a game and they'd be like a, a cup contender. Like, I mean, the, this is a kind of team that could make that kind of run. Um, and they're also that team Jordan that could go into the summer and say, Hey, you know, Chicharito might be on his way down, but maybe we, maybe we throw in another nine beside him or, or sorry, another striker in beside him. Um, or maybe we add in a, a really dangerous midfielder. Could you imagine if this team had like somebody like a Hani Mukhtar type profile? I mean, this, this team would take off quickly and tremendously, right? It, it would be mm-hmm. out of this world um, entertaining. And I think that's kind of what they're missing is kind of more of those creative pieces um, but again, the Galaxy have a ton of money and they've got the, the bank account and the trawl to do it. Um, we've seen guys like Zlatan play there, Gerard uh, play there. I mean, Donovan played there. Like it, it is a high profile place and just takes that one signing to make this team like their, their rivals down the street. So, uh, yeah, man, this is, this could be fun. If I'm hoping Galaxy gets somebody good, because you imagine that if it was Galaxy and, and LAFC that kind of take over the helm from, uh, the Timbers and Sounders and even the Sounders come up and play well, it'd be like, oh, God, what great football that'd be. So, Let's get to our match of the week preview. It's time for the match of the week preview. Arguably the biggest game of the week is 
Wednesday, Seattle versus NYCFC at Lumen Field on FS1. It also says on FS2. That's odd. Uh, FS3 you know, guess, as well. I guess in case if they decide to start randomly playing a basketball game in the middle or of darts, it, they can move <laughs> them over. That's leg one of the CONCACAF Champions League. Then on Saturday, we have Orlando versus Chicago on Univision, TUDN, and Twitter. We have Miami versus New England. Two teams not in good form right now, but New England should move that on. That's that that game is unfortunately on ESPN. I'm sure ESPN is very thrilled about that. At four o'clock, we have New York Red Bull versus Montreal. Six o'clock, we have Union versus Columbus Crew. Seven thirty, we have oh, Fox has it today, man. The El Trafico. This is probably for sure game of the week. LA Galaxy versus LAFC. Um, and I think they said it would, if everybody's healthy, it'd be the first time Vela's going up against Chicharito in mm-hmm. one of these. Yeah. Isn't that great? RSL versus Toronto at 8 o'clock. Dallas versus Colorado at 8.30. 8.30 also has Houston and San Jose. Kansas City versus Nashville is also at 8.30. Vancouver versus Portland at 10. And then on Sunday, we have Charlotte versus Atlanta at 1.30 at Bank of America Stadium on ABC. And then on FS1, we have Austin versus Minnesota. So besides El Trafico, mm-hmm. what is the game that you're looking at here to say, I need to sit down and make sure I watch that? Definitely the rivalry that is brewing between the two Southern cities, the big boys um, in Charlotte and Atlanta. I mean, those are two cities that have never liked each other. They don't like each other when it's Hawks Panthers. They don't like each other when it's Hornets or no, that's the wrong teams Um, when they don't like it, when it's the Falcons and Panthers Hawks and the Hornets um, this team, I mean, it's going to get ugly. Like these teams don't like each other. The Southern cities don't like each other. One city's always trying to best the other. Um, and, and, and it's in Charlotte and they've given them a hard time. Dude, I remember Jordan, you and I talked about this when it was approaching that number that they were going to beat the record and they did beat the record from Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta fans were more upset about that than the games that they were opening up with. Like it was, it was yeah. insane. Um, the, the amount of attention that Atlanta fans were paying to Charlotte, but I think Charlotte does the same. Charlotte's more invested right now in the fact that they've got a new team, but they're looking over their shoulders saying, I want to be them when I grow up. Um, and that's huge. Like this is a big game. Um, I don't think Atlanta's playing superbly. Uh, they're playing well, but I don't think they're, they're, I guess they're not unbeatable here in Charlotte. Like I think Charlotte could get one up on them. Could you imagine starting out that rivalry if Charlotte got three points over them um, and then didn't have to see them until later on in the season? Like that, that'd be a lot of fun. And I think, ultimately I think this team becomes a good rival for Atlanta. I think Charlotte, we've kind of been impressed with some of the stuff they've built. Uh, Ben Bender looks great. So I can't wait to see this matchup between Mr. Bender and company and um, Swiderski and Joseph, I hope can can maybe bang in a goal or two. So looking forward to that one, but are you looking forward to another one that maybe? Yeah. You know, this one's really jumping out to me. Uh, Miami, New England. I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, um, what are you no, interested I, in? Like in that game, is that more of like just which to see if Miami can... stays on one point again? <laughs> uh, I guess, no, I, I actually this is going to sound dumb because they're not highly ranked right now. But I, I'm looking at SKC versus Nashville. Yeah. Uh, Nashville, they got their three points in in Columbus. They're coming back. They're going to face an out of form SKC team. Can uh, in Children's Mercy Park, by the way, 
but can they grab another three points and set themselves even more right as this is their first year through a tough Western conference. They got the points from the Eastern team they needed to get. Can they get three against a a Western team that's really struggling right now? Uh, Or is this a perfect opportunity for SKC to bounce back as well? So I think that one's very interesting if we're not looking at El Trafico, but 7.30 on Saturday, I'm hoping nothing comes up because I want to be sitting around for that one. Yeah. All right. Union crew would be good too. Just mark that one on the calendars. I don't want to go into depth about that one, but the union. I'm already marking that down as a 2-0 win. Okay, I'll jump on board with you on that one. Two nil in a row. 2-0 win. Yeah, 2-0 win for Union. Let's put some money on it. Let's make it fun. Um, but, yeah, I uh, enjoy some night drive with the Union. Yeah. Best team in MLS, Jordan. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. And I, you know what else I'll say? Is I'm feeling pretty good about this Nations League draw because we have Mr. Like the phenom guy, right? He's like the LeBron James of soccer. Yeah, we have the LeBron James of soccer. Uh, if Greg really does call in his A team for these for these games the that he wants to, that he wants to because he wants to prep for the World Cup, which he should. Yikes! It could be some heavy score lines. Uh, <laughs> so get ready, LeBron. You're gonna be out there. But yeah, uh, if you want to give us a follow, we're on at Stateside Show for all of the platforms. Check out our baseball show where we're doing previews as we get ready for kickoff of, not kickoff, first pitch of the uh, 2022 season. So prepare for that. That starts this week. And I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their, their week here, and we'll catch you all next time. Jordan, is it El Trafico or El Tarifico? El Trafico. Okay. Tomorrow throwing his body in, it's gonna fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL, this is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.